Hey y'all, before we get started, I want to tell you about this really amazing studio. It's called Wild and Kind, and it's a female-focused community interest company. It supports women and people from marginalized gender groups. They're UK-based. Their mission is to help women and people from marginalized gender groups who are struggling with anxiety, loneliness, and isolation, and to help and support women and people from marginalized gender groups who are looking to start a career or self-employment within the creative sector and need encouragement and support. To do so they raise profits by running an ethical garment print shop and they supply 100% organic items. They only use vegan water-based inks. They are very environmentally aware and they also make sure that their products are made by people who are being compensated fairly. Just check them out. Um, they're on Instagram, Wild and Kind. And yeah, they recently got connected with us and we just feel so passionate about their their mission. And it just, it feels like, you know, the least we can do is help spread the word. So check them out, get connected with them. Definitely support them in whatever way you can, like sharing information about them or um, getting products from them or whatever else. All right, on with the show. start the episode just a content warning there is some talk of depression and suicide so proceed if you're comfortable welcome to the queer arabs podcast this is alia and ellie and we are the queer arabs i'm saudi american and a lesbian and by trans lebanese and recording here in america and and in beirut hello ali reza thank you for being here hello thank you for inviting me and i'm so happy that i'm with you can you tell the listeners about yourself about your background and what you do yeah sure i'm a painter as they know me in uh, lebanon i'm an iranian painter in beirut i'm a queer artist it's almost uh, three years that i live my country and i came from tehran to beirut uh, to find the space to work as a queer artist and exhibit and now I'm in Beirut. Wow, what made you decide on Beirut specifically? Uh, I came to Beirut once for vacation then when I find out how it's different with the idea that I had for about it I found it uh, kind of similar to the culture that we have in Iran still Middle Eastern and still the same issues but yeah. uh, more freedom to express so I decided to move here to you know find a space to express and uh, work uh, about this subject uh, about you know LGBT issues in a place that still you know we have issues you know yeah. uh, always I was thinking that as a queer artist maybe it can be much better if I can do something you know in a place like Iran or anywhere in the Middle East that still we are dealing with uh, the things that Western countries were dealing 30 years ago. It's how I decided to come to Beirut. Oh, I'm a little curious. What was your conception of Beirut before you uh, went? Honestly, one year before I moved to Beirut, I had no idea about it. Just I was seeing whatever they were showing in, in the media that it's always war, bombing and religious groups. And it was just this idea idea 
even when I entered to the city, I was shocked. I was surprised. I was like, how is it possible? I, what I was mm -hmm. seeing on the media, it was, you know, narrow streets with religious people always bombing. And it was totally different. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the stuff that Makes gets attention. Yeah, you know, even about Iran is, you know, the same people. They really don't know what is happening there. So yeah. with these experiences, I really learned to not judge about any country, even, you know, when people talk about Saudi, I'm sure, you know, they cannot stop people. There is an underground life and definitely there are amazing things that we will be surprised with it. Yeah, we're always hearing about the government and like what the government's doing to control True. people. And then it's like a lot of people find ways to live their lives. It's True. but like, yeah, whenever we see Iran in the news, it's all about like, oh, it's so religious. It's so restrictive and blah, blah. But then. <laughs> You also see these incredible movements, of, um, like women's rights movements and things like True. that. And just the strength among so many people within Iran. And you see glimpses of that and you're like, okay, people are still able to have a life, have a life and speak up. Definitely. And, um, Actually, you know, coming from Iran, I have different experience there. We do everything, like we do things that even you cannot imagine the parties that is happening in Tehran or the, the access to drinks or yeah, all, nice. the, or people that they like drugs, you know, there is everything. It's uh, but underground. It's funny that like, even uh, they might think, oh, uh, in Tehran, how you can uh, drink. But even for, you know, imported drinks, they bring next to door a delivery or people oh make their own drink. It's really different with what we see from outside. People find a way. Yeah, true. Yeah. You know, especially because the country changed, you know, in the last 30 years before it was a modern society and, yeah. you know, modern country, everything was free there. But they definitely, they cannot change the people. Right. People with the ideas they already have. Yeah, true. And yeah, when you were in Iran, were you able to create some of the same art that you're creating now? Well, I was creating it, but I didn't have space to exhibit. The point is, even if I want to start from the beginning, I'd like to share something with you before the becoming an artist about mm -hmm. my personal personal life and how I decided to have focus on this art as kind of visual activism, right. you know, because I'm not just creating art for the sake of art. For me, it's important to see what kind of change I can make on the society in Iran or anywhere in the Middle East. I'm a person who could, who could do anything else except art because uh, I remember before university, I went to the military services. All the guys, they have to go to the military services for two years in Iran. So actually, it was the first time that I decided to do suicide. And even I remember I was 20 years old uh, and I went to the rooftop. I just scared to jump and I came back. So after that, I entered to the university. I've started studying painting. And again, for two years, I had this fear that I was not in peace with my character, with my identity. You know, yeah. I remember that because we grew up uh, with religious mentality in the school and this feeling that. I was feeling, oh, it's the only one, I'm the only one, nobody is like me. You know, that time was a bit different. We didn't have the social media to know how, what is happening everywhere and to know more people. So I remember every night before sleeping, I was praying, oh God, 
please let me wake up tomorrow and be heterosexual. It was very hard, you know, not being happy with yourself. So you definitely you cannot create anything. So what happened, actually, I went to the, an exhibition in uh, Tehran, which was curated, and it was uh, queer art, obviously. It was shocking for me. So when I went back to university, I just was trying to open the subject with my professor, and I was angry that I was feeling the thing that all these years I was hiding, I couldn't breathe. Now it's on the wall, they are taking advantage of this. Mm-hmm. So when I opened the subject with my professor, she said, well, we need to work on this subject uh, everywhere they have their rights, their uh, flag, their NGOs, but we have nothing in Iran. So good. It's the time to start and talking about it. Well, so, that's great. Your yeah, professor was, you know, supportive. Exactly. So when I went back home on her Facebook, I wrote a message that, uh, yeah, this is the story of my life. And if you were the me and hiding your uh, real identity for all these years, you would be shocked also. And I remember I received her answer like after some hours and she said, I read your message more than 10 times why you didn't tell me before. Even I love you more now and I feel more comfortable with you. So she started really supporting me in university. Mm-hmm. Even that semester, I couldn't have uh, drawing courses with her. Her husband also was teaching uh, that time. So she sent me to the class of her husband and they just gave me the free freedom to do whatever I want to do. So I've started with the most direct drawings I've ever done. It was a series of drawings with a body of a male with uh, the women underwear okay. to show the contrast yeah. between a, a body of a man and this the, all these details of the underwear. Yeah, we've yeah. seen it with yeah. like the bra. It has like a, exactly with the it's bra. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Exactly. And after that, I started those series, which are the season salad, which is the guy cutting the yes. carrots. But because of the position, you know, audience was that uh, it's he's cutting his body. Mm-hmm. And the thing was amazing. As you asked me the, if I could exhibit or no, I was doing these drawings even for the uh, end of the year. I couldn't show it. All my classmates, they had their work in the corridors, you know. For me, it was on the table covered with white uh, paper. But my professor was going and inviting the other professors to show my work to them. It was, you know, gorgeous yeah. for me. I was feeling, oh, they're seeing my work. They're yeah, seeing my real identity and they are not ignoring it. So I just started believing in myself and finding some self-confidence to continue. <laughs> I'm so glad. We were at Mark for Redaction and we saw the season salad. Yeah, exactly. You know, when it, it went there, actually for me was amazing. I was, you know, when I was drawing the series, I had no idea where it's going to go. Actually, the same day about the opening, I I post on my Instagram that please continue and work even if you you don't you have no idea where it's gonna be shown. You know, yeah. it will find the place. For me, it was amazing from you know between the layers or from my closet that I was hiding it for four years before I moved to Beirut. You know, it went to New York. It yeah, exactly. <laughs> Little did you know it would end up in New York. There were so many of us who were just. We kept going back to that. Um, it was that piece. It's 
it's a very compelling piece. I mean, hell, we raved about it like two, what two, three episodes afterwards, like in a row. Yeah, we talked about it in several podcast episodes after. You know, we mentioned. So I it. should check that. Yeah, you should. You had a lot of fans. Every time we went there, three days in a row, because we were in New York for a few yeah. days. And we went, every time we walked in, we both at some point, we just like went over to that piece and just <laughs> stared at it forever. And Thank I don't know. You. And then when we got home, that's the piece. Ellie just kept saying, that's the piece I remember so distinctly. Because, you know, I feel uh, Ellie will feel more connected to that because it's about the pain of person has with you know with wrong body this is my reaction when i had you know i had this challenge that you know i was feeling my soul is not matched with you know this body in that time so i was really feeling a pain and later on i was thinking you know even for you know the transgenders it's such a you know hard decision to uh, decide to do this surgery with addition yeah. to the pain that they will have in their body you know it's a mental pain and the thing is in iran i don't know if you know transgenders are the only part of lgbt that uh, government recognized them because after revolution yeah. ayatollah khomeini was actually is the first clergy that uh, he made a fatwa that uh, they can do the surgery so in iran only transgenders are recognized and they can do the surgery but the worst thing is even for some of them that they don't want to change you know to do the surgery or do any change in their body they have to because of this truth except uh, they will not be accepted as a trans person myself i was just i do feel that pain i do feel that discomfort with my body and in fact i'm actually trying to set up an appointment with a surgeon right now and i'm still kind of freaking out about it because it is very uncomfortable it's like it's uncomfortable sure. you know when i wake up and i have to get ready for the day and i have to do all this stuff to my body and I have to be like it just makes me very aware that I'm trans and I don't like this and it's maddening sure. so that really spoke to me so good job you nailed it <laughs> yeah and um what you said about in Iran like I have seen a documentary about that it's really unfortunate that for some people who want rights as a trans person they have them and then others who have to be physically like physically alter their body against their will it's so complicated and incredibly yeah. shitty and yeah. you know the the worst thing is I, actually I'm really happy that uh, not that I'm following some transgenders Iranian transgenders on social media but in Iran is different uh, uh, a bit uh, I think in the world, most of transgenders are changing from the M to F, but in Iran is F to M because, you know, because of the system that uh, men are stronger in the society, they are more willing to the, do this surgery and their parents are accepting much better. They look at it as kind of the you know upgrading if their girl is becoming a boy but even though there are like the transgenders that's uh, on social media like instagram they are sharing information about their experiences with people and it's quite interesting that because you know people they need to learn i believe even you know in lebanon as you talked in the last episode government is more tolerant compared to the society in Iran also I believe if today the government decide to you know the change uh, their mind about LGBT the society is not educated enough mm -hmm. to accept it I'm not talking about you know our generation I'm talking about you know 
uh, our parents. And it comes from the lack of knowledge, knowledge actually, when they don't know much about it, uh, they're afraid that what it is that their children is dealing with. So usually they just start to ignore it. Yeah, people have a fear of what they don't know. And the crazy exactly. part is, like, everyone's on the internet now, and everyone can go and just read everyone's life experience. They can read about everyone's lived experiences. There's no reason to be ignorant yeah. about it. But people have to uh, care. Yeah, they, it well, requires you know, effort. Yeah. There is a thing that I know about Iran, and I see here a bit. Some people, they don't speak English, so most of the sources are in English. So there is a need for it to give this information in the modern mother tongue of uh, our countries. Yeah. Uh, for example, for me, uh, I decided to do like some live videos in Farsi for my followers on Instagram just to share with them about queer art because they were saying my art, but most of them they were asking, you know, we really like your work, but we don't understand it. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. I found out I really need even, you know, people that they studied art because it's one of the subjects that they censored from the universities everywhere. Right. I've never read about queer art when I was in Iran. So, you know, that people really need to know what it is, why it should be kind of activism and why we need to do it now because they just might see it as, okay, for example, the photographs of Monir. I had, I had a conversation with one of my Iranian friends that they had this question that why it should happen now which uh, something for example Robert Robert Mapplethorpe did like 30 years ago but with this idea that now we are living in a society which thinks like the society 30 years ago in western countries mm, it's yeah makes sense that's a good point about language access well we are pretty acutely aware of it ourselves because well we do have an arabic side of the podcast yeah and like yeah, the arabic amazing. Yeah, the Arabic side gets more listens than the English side. And I think it's just speaking to, you know, it's needed. It's so needed. True. Yeah, that, just... and maybe just Ahmed is more charismatic than us. <laughs> well, <laughs> Ahmed has a good radio voice. People like to listen to him. He well, has a really good voice for it. a podcast. <laughs> Are you feeling pretty comfortable in Arabic? Uh, no, actually, I understand a bit, but I can't speak. However, it's like three years I'm living here, but I didn't learn. No, we, under yeah. we understand. We get it. And you you're not the first person we've talked to that's had that yeah. problem. Yeah, no, Arabic's really difficult. And um, yeah, but if uh, any day you decide to do a podcast in Farsi, <laughs> I can do it. That would be incredible. Seriously. I mean, yeah, I really it, love it, to do that, actually. Yeah? I was thinking. If you want to step up, you know, we'll give you some space on our server and listings with any us. Any time. Yeah, that would be an honor. Yeah, that, that will be amazing, actually, because I really love to do that. Absolutely. Uh, we have the lack of the subjects in Europe. Seriously, yeah, we'll we'll talk. Okay, great. we'll talk. I, I, this... So possibly coming soon. Queer Arabs and in Farsi. Farsi. Yes. <laughs> no, it, I mean that you're right. It's so needed to have True. more accessibility to, to these topics. And on a podcast, you know, it's anyone can access it, and people don't have to know what they're listening to. If True. if someone needs to listen to something kind of secretly, yeah, you know, a podcast exactly. is a really good way. It, 
it fits exactly. easily on your phone. And most good phones these days carry like end-to-end encryption. So exactly. yeah, and like really nosy parents probably won't find it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. I think people are more brave. Uh, yeah. What I see in uh, Iran, you know, my friends are the whole society are becoming more brave to fight for their rights, awesome. as you mentioned, uh, for some topics, uh, women rights or the campaign against uh, hijab. But, you know, this subject, LGBT is a subject that society doesn't know much about it. And people always try to keep it hidden. So even if there is, you know, any fight for it, people don't follow up or, you know, they don't accept it sometimes. Actually, uh, always whenever there is any any news about this subject on media like Facebook or uh, YouTube, I read the comments. It's kind of scary. The last one was the interview that I had with BBC Arabic. When I was reading the comments, I was like, oh my God, if these people find me in the street, they can burn me. (laughs) I know. It's really terrifying, like, what's in people's mind like the things that people are brave enough to say online like comment wise you're like you really have that in your heart but i also think that's a problem with like comment sections on the news it's like it always attracts the worst like it's almost as bad as youtube comments exactly i know it's kind of scary and it's how You know, I feel we need to talk about this subject because I'm sure most of these people, they are just writing this because they don't know what it is. It's just against their belief. You know, people like are told their whole lives, like something is wrong and they don't, you know, they don't don't have, they don't question it because they have have no context to question it. It's like, I mean, this is why like Harvey Milk was so big about coming up because like everyone is told, you know, the homosexuals are evil. The homosexuals are pedophiles. True. True. Actually, it was recently that now you mentioned this they execute a guy 31 years old in iran which his crime was raping two young boys but they added homosexuality to his crime also so it was the topic of uh, news uh, like on social media that that in iran they uh, hang guys because of homosexuality which it was not the the main reason but the wrong thing is whenever they have these cases always they mix it so society will learn raping uh, or the pedophilia or mm-hmm. homosexuality they cannot you know recognize which one is it so this is what we need to talk always because our society especially in iran always they learn you know wrong things to the society stuff like this is why coming out is important so they can see it's just not you know the people that the state shows it's regular jerks like us who just are pretty boring i make chocolate sometimes and i also have a really kick-ass girlfriend <laughs> so. but yeah yeah it's like people just need to see we are regular people who live yeah exactly you know like we this do is why boring things in life <laughs> actually this is why always uh whenever i have exhibition if it's my solo exhibition i go with objects that shows the real life of queer people their emotions so this nice. is the thing as mutual between and all the human beings yeah and it makes it more acceptable for everyone you know because whenever there is this topic the first idea comes to the, the mind of uh, people is the sexual part. No, it's not mm. the, the whole life of a queer person. Exactly. We have our emotions, we have, you know, our stories. So this is... For example, if you were to meet with me in public, the most likely conversation we would have is, hey, what's in your pants? It'd be more like, oh my no. god, did you, did you see this video game? This would be... <laughs> 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Unfortunately, this is for the lack of information. Always we stayed away and we didn't show our emotions or our relations. You know, this is kind of hard. Yeah. Oh, I remember when uh, I talked about my real identity to my sister, which was like some months ago when I met her in Istanbul after two years not seeing her. I felt that I have to say it because always she used to think that I don't love her, which was really heartbreaking for me. And it was because I was always trying to keep her away to not find out about me. Yeah. So when I told her this is the story, she just finds out, no, I do love her. So for the society also is the same, you know, always we're trying to stay away. The worst thing is as long as that they don't know about us, they're not accepting, they're not giving love to the queer people. And uh, I believe when we don't receive this respect or love from the society, sometimes we don't feel responsible to that which is sad. Sometimes I talk to my friends in Iran when they say, you know, even if there is a protest, I'm not going to go to the street. I'm not going to die for these people that they don't respect me. They don't, you know, give me anything. I believe to make, because we're part of society and usually we are successful. You know, when you see like there are a lot of talents that uh, are part of the queer community. And we need these talents, but as long as there is no way to make a peace between us and the society, it doesn't work. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to know where the balance is between safety and, um, you know, making progress. But unfortunately, those sort of alliances are what are most needed. You're right. So Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Oh, something else I wanted to ask you about is your Hexagon series. Can you talk a little bit about that? What it's about? um, Why did you decide to go with the shape of the Hexagon? I've started with different shapes because my subject was different actually and uh, the hexagons I choose that shape because you know it is a very strong shape any composition you have inside it it's gonna stay stable Uh, so I was working on a project which was uh, a portrait with a hand that is coming from nowhere when there is a move in it they are pushing this face or it's kind of fight so the idea behind it was in my life always was the another person that would affect my life but people that around me they wouldn't find out where these emotions or this change are coming from so always it was a hand from outside and a face that you're seeing the reaction so to choose that i chose the hexagon later when i was studying actually i found out that kinsey has chart for uh, the scale for sexuality which is between zero to six zero is exclusively uh, heterosexual and six is exclusively homosexual so i started to continue this shape with this belief that this hexagon can be assigned for the number six of this scale, which is homosexuality. Oh, that's beautiful. Because yeah. I read about it and there was something mentioned how it's kind of like a game, like the way that it was designed was kind of like a game where you have to put all the pieces together to exactly. see. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's a way that in those series, when I was in New York, I was showing where it kind of closed up. You were seeing just part of the story and yeah. the, um, you have to guess what is happening behind of uh, the part that you're not seeing. It. And with changing these pieces, you could create your own story. 
For the second time, actually, that I used I use hexagons was to recreate, just to document what happened in Orlando shooting. I was reading news, actually. It's the last series that I exhibited in Iran, actually. I was invited for a group exhibition. The subject was identity. The same professor, she was curating, so she gave me the chance to exhibit my project. And I started with two pieces, which was my own personal story. Then the shooting happened. And I read the news that one of, one of the fathers refused the dead body of his son when he found out that he's gay. Oh. So, you know, it was heartbreaking. And I was thinking, look, even in a country that they have all the freedom, still there is a father that is refusing the dead body of his son Absolutely. just because his identity. There is, a one, there is someone who's shooting because he yeah. hates the identity of people. It's extremely sad. I believe there are certain things that nobody is writing about it in the history. So as a painter, just I'm kind of documenting these sad memories of all of us. Maybe in the future, someone will talk about it. It's how I actually yeah. I decided to do the piece uh, that I exhibited in uh, Beirut Art Fair this year, which was collaboration with Hamad Sino about what happened after their concert, their group, Mashra Leila. In what happened, Hamad is openly gay, which I really appreciate because, you know, one of the ways that I found the self-confidence was to find people who are openly gay and they are successful. Because always mm -hmm. I was thinking, mm -hmm. oh my God, queer people are not successful. <laughs> I don't know why it was the thing that society or the, the schools was giving me. Yeah. So when I found out, no, there are a lot of queer people and they're extremely successful. I chose them as my goals, you know. So Hamid is doing the same thing for his own country. I remember once uh, I read on Facebook, it was a young guy, 20 years old, that he wrote that he found himself and he started loving himself when he saw Hamid. And I had the same experience. I started to believing in myself with finding successful people. So to appreciate that, you know, I decided to invite him to post for this project to make a document that what happened oh after God. the concert in Egypt. I remember I was, uh, I saw a video of the Prime Minister of Canada that he apologized because of what happened in the past and he was crying what happened to the, the queer people. And I was thinking, okay, let's make this document. Maybe after 50 years, it will be someone in Egypt that will be fair and like that prime minister will, will say something about it. Because now that they are arresting those gay people in Egypt, it's not just taking them to the police station and they will go back home. No, they right. have to deal with the parents that definitely they are conservative and some of them even they had to leave their house and they go, you know, to the other countries just to be safe. Yeah, leaving everything they know behind just to not be killed. Yeah. Um, Actually, it's yeah, it's it's very hard. I, I really understand them because for me also was the same thing just to find a place to be able to talk. Yeah. to be able to make a change. I didn't see my parents for more than two years. Yeah, a lot of nights I have a dream that I'm back in Iran and it's such a good feeling. But when I wake up, no, the reality yeah. is different. I can't imagine. I really hope one day it'll be reality. Yeah. You haven't gotten to go back since you moved no, to actually, Beirut? No, actually, after my first exhibition, I didn't go back to Iran. To your, okay. And 
okay. to see my parents after two years i went to to Istanbul some months ago and i saw oh oh you so your parents were there too with your sister okay yes did it go okay with everyone actually i just shared it with my sister it was not a good opportunity oh, good okay. situation to share with the whole family but they see my work even my mother she reposts my drawings on her instagram she's Aww. she's proud of it oh. yeah but we never talked about it yeah that's a big gesture yeah i think all the mothers know i think they're uh, very perceptive and, and we often but, tell ourselves they don't know but yeah it's kind of they, hard they always them. know Moms just know things <laughs> exactly i'm sure even like they're pregnant they know that this oh, child right. is different <laughs> i've come to the acceptance that i think my mom knows <laughs> everything that goes on <laughs> and she just doesn't mention half of it true she's like i'll let you keep your illusion of independence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. There are just things she would hint at that I'm like, okay, you figured me out, but we're just not going to talk about it right now. I noticed when you were in Tehran, um, I guess it was right before you left Tehran, you did this really incredible piece on a wall. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? On the ta Actually, like, tower? Yeah. Actually, that that's a, the, it happens every year before the Iranian New Year, which is 21st oh. of March. Yeah, okay. we call it No Rules. Yeah. In Tehran, they give this project to the different artists to work on the walls to create a more colorful and beautiful city. So beautiful. the same professor that she really helped me, she received this invitation to work on a wall. As she really loves me, I asked her if uh, we can do it in rainbow colors. Oh. And she accepted. And we did like 170 square meters wall in the middle of Tehran in oh rainbow. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that's a really cool <laughs> but subtle, I've heard recently, subtle but not subtle way to do it. <laughs> actually, I've heard recently they don't let them uh, use uh, rainbow colors because it was some articles that this is the sign of homosexuality. Oh my god. But before that, it was no, you know, sensitivity on this. About rainbows. The, yeah, exactly. God, that's so ridiculous. we made it, and I'm happy that even like now that I'm not there, this rainbow is still there. <laughs> that's yeah. And you know what's beautiful? It's in the street that after revolution they changed the name of the street to uh, Azadi, which means freedom. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The, is that the street where the painting is? Yes. Really? Freedom oh, that's street. so powerful. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It's um, two birds and they're close together and then the rest of the painting is, um, you know, rainbow Exactly, colors. those it's birds. Actually, gorgeous. it was the time that uh, my partner, after six years uh, relation, he got the chance to move to Canada. So those birds are the sign of this crossing the borders and the freedom. Uh, wow yeah <laughs> oh wow yeah actually it's beautiful i've moved i moved uh, one year after to beirut and the, you okay. know w when i was uh, working on this wall it actually it was two walls but uh, this one was the rainbow one i had a friend he was 21 years old that he did suicide uh -huh. and 
years or yeah a lot of people make this decision because you know when they're not comfortable with their identity or mm-hmm. they don't feel accepted from society so these are the real reasons that i decided to do something to talk about them at least they love themselves yeah so maybe they they don't make this decision i had a relative who was suicidal thankfully he didn't go through with it but he described this depression as looking through a tiny tiny window and like only seeing what's in front of you and True. you're only seeing like a, you have a tunnel vision and but then so thinking about that i'm i'm thinking like just having things in your periphery that validate who you are that's probably a game changer for some people where it's like just getting a glimpse of like someone going through something like you or someone who understands you because you know it's extremely hard the last time that i heard that uh, if anyone has feelings for the same sake Mm -hmm. they should go to the doctor they are sick it was in my university when I was doing my bachelor. It's hearing this whole your the during your life from different people, from your right. teachers, from the society is makes this feeling for you that is really anything wrong with me? Yeah. Am of I course. wrong? Am I sick? Am I a sinner? It's extremely hard. You sometimes you have no one to talk about it. Yeah, and so when you I hear it really hoping strange I do too. And like when you hear that in an academic setting of all places where you're supposed to be able to trust what's being talked about theoretically. Yeah. It's really painful. Because these are the people you're looking to to help you with your future. And they're telling you, yeah, you're sick. You you should go get help. (sighs) Imagine if I wouldn't have the chance to talk to this professor, I wouldn't be a painter today, you know, because Till that time, I was afraid to draw. I was not drawing. My Mm -hmm. professor, I remember, asked me to leave the class because I was not working. I was afraid. But just seeing one person that had the, you know, the right idea and gave me this self-confidence and this freedom to work, if it would be someone else that would give the negative thing, maybe I was not an artist today. Just that one conversation changed your life. Exactly. Wow. This is why I'm really trying to, you know, to talk about this subject because I believe just talking about it can open space for some people to at least live in themselves and just use it as a great advantage to create their character, not as a thing that they need to be ashamed of. Just they they always ignore it or hide it. Because as long as you have a thing to hide, you cannot help the others. You are always busy with yourself to hide. Because hiding is easy and it becomes a habit. Well, you feel like it's easy, but then eventually you but realize in reality it is not you know the opposite exactly. so um, what's so, next what are yeah. you up to i had some issues for staying in lebanon so now i'm in a way the hard transition i had a chance to move to france since uh, last year uh-huh. uh, but i was happy with what i'm doing here and i was feeling responsible to the you know, Lebanese society because I received a lot of love from them. And uh, so I was, you know, not going for it. But after the issues that happened for my residency and my passport is going to be expired soon. So I have to make a decision 
for oh, a stable sure. situation. The thing is, hopefully, the, I'm moving to France soon. Now I'm waiting for the response of the French embassy. The thing is, um, I got a chance during Beirut Art Fair from a gallery in Philadelphia uh, mm-hmm. for a solo exhibition, which is going to happen by end of summer, hopefully. <gasps> But the, the sad thing is... Uh, Because of the bans as for like Muslim countries and oh God, Iranians, yeah. yeah, you know it's kind of unfair. It's, uh, I'm it's just thinking, horrendous. Yeah, I'm thinking how can I make it because I work on uh, wood panels. It's kind yeah. of hard to send it there. I would prefer to go there for to be there. I don't know, yeah, for, of course. Yeah, uh, we want so, you to be here. <laughs> I wish, but I well, this things is the need reality. to change. I know. You know, the thing is really hard is I'm punished because a situation that I'm already I'm already the, under the pressure because of that. Again, other countries are punishing me because of that. I know. Horrific what this administration has done. And the shitty it's part. Kind of, it's extremely hard. Sorry for calling you. Uh, imagine for the project that I was working, I chose a uh, 16th century painting as the, to use the same composition. But I've never been in a museum to see the real paintings, always paintings For me are like printed images on the books. Oh yeah. Well, this is kind of hard, but I hope things will be solved in some years. I do too. <laughs> I really hope next year in the U.S. we see a lot of change. Minimum a new president. Yeah. Minimum. <laughs> yeah. So much damage has been done just in a few years. Yeah, you so. know, it's uh, because people are under the pressure. The politicians, you know, they don't feel it. All their children are studying in U.S. Funny, we, yeah. we made, we signed uh, the request that please, if you want to do something to the politicians, uh, ask their children to leave. Their fathers are saying all these comments and making all these troubles. And at yeah. the end, people cannot go there and their family are enjoying their freedom there. Exactly. While other people are separated from yeah. their families. And this only affects people without money because people with money, they can buy a ticket for whatever the price is and go or have their lawyers negotiate. But everyone else, they have to plan and buying a ticket in advance at the cheap price and then finding out, oh, hey, the border's closed again. Yeah, true. It's, yeah. Uh, people can't afford you know, that gamble. Well, in general, like for Iranian people, especially the young uh, people, it's extremely hard to get a visa for even European countries. It's extremely hard. Yes. Uh, it's really frustrating. Because, I mean, we have like people like you with so much to offer and so much talent. It's like it's a loss for everyone, everyone for you not to be able to come here, especially like the end of the summer in Philadelphia. There's a festival called Yellow Punk and we love it. We went to it last year. And as soon as you said Philly, I was thinking, oh, my God, I wish he could be at Yellow Punk with us. Maybe someday. Well, I don't know. Maybe next year. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. What, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a goal. How can people, um, if people want to follow you online, um, what's the best way? Would you say Instagram or somewhere else? Yeah, Instagram is the best way. The, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll post the best the, and easiest. We'll post that on our social media. Thank um, you. That yeah. would be great. Uh, if there anyone wants to email you, is there an address they can reach you at? Actually, the, uh, the email address, uh, I have a website. Just uh, it's my name, 
www.alirizashajayan.com It's like alirizashajayan.com Perfect, uh, we'll post that and, too. Yeah, and the email address will be info at com, or if just they open the website. But uh, it's not up to date, David, because um, the, the host is in Tehran and it's kind of hard to manage things there. Oh, I need yeah. to, yeah, I need to find a way oh, that's uh, to okay. fix this issue. Yeah. We'll post it though and then um, we'll post your Instagram. And- Thank you all so much for listening. Um, we are at The Queer Arabs on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And you can email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. You can contact Ahmed, who leads the Arabic side of the podcast. You can get in touch with him at thequeerarabsinarabic at gmail.com. Thank you so much for coming on. This was really good. Thank you so honor. much. It was, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. And yeah. I wish you luck. Thank you. Yeah. Stay in touch. Bye. Yeah, sure. And I hope uh, we see each other one day anywhere that it works. <laughs> I have a feeling. I think it'll happen. I okay. yeah. I really want. I hope, I hope so crossed. too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everyone, for Great. listening.